Welcome to this episode of the Zest Wellness Podcast. On this episode, we had the pleasure of speaking with Alton Williams, a.k.a. Coach Alton. Alton represents Britt K, based in the Cayman Islands, and is a wellness coordinator, or what some people like to refer to him as, the wellness guru. What's fascinating about Alton is his message of first cultivating mental strength before physical strength. He does this through his skills in time management, setting priorities, and maximizing his day with daily habits. I think everyone was going to really enjoy this episode as Alton speaks with a ton of passion and you can really feel the authenticity in his voice. And just a quick note before we get to our episode with Alton is that all of our Premier Health members are fully able to access the Zest Wellness app powered by Virgin Pulse. To do this, simply visit joinzestwellness.com. With this Zest Wellness app, members have an incredible capacity to add friends and family, to track their healthy habits, get some tips on sleep, browse healthy recipes, and get an overall snapshot of their health status. This app is phenomenal for people who are looking to change their lives and to add some accountability towards their healthy lifestyles. Welcome to this episode of the Zest Wellness Podcast. For this episode, our guest is Alton Williams, aka Coach Alton, from (laughs) Britt K and the Cayman Islands. Alton, welcome to the Zest Wellness Podcast. Uh, Nathan, I'm glad to be here, man. Looking Fan- forward to it. Let's do it. Fantastic, Alton. And you know what? I, I think a really nice topic to move forward with, and, our, and our, of course our general topic is maximizing your potential with daily habits, but a really nice way to start this episode is that when we were kind of chatting back and forth before we pressed the record button, I asked you how your day was going and how your week was going, and you purposely said that your week has been productive but you haven't said it was busy and I think it's really valuable if you kind of tell all our listeners why you use that word of productive and avoided using the term being busy because that's what everyone seems to be everyone seems to be too busy in life these days yeah and that's a very good point because um what a lot of people know what is is basically running their life on a daily basis on autopilot and I strive not to do that and what I mean by that is that we have Routine questions, routine answers. You walk, you walk across your friend or a colleague, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. It's like routine, right? So you don't want to be an autopilot. So for me, I do not want to be an autopilot. So for example, at the end of my life, end of the day, I want to know that I'm not busy, but I'm productive. I made a difference. I made an impact in uh, my family, my, my clients, uh, my customers, and my colleagues. So when you ask me that question, I say, hey, I was productive because, I mean, I was. I don't want to just run around, hey, I'm busy, I'm busy, but I didn't really get anything really done and make an impact. So being productive 
it focuses you to make an impact in what you're doing. Okay, and I suppose not just go through the motions of, of a typical yeah. day to actually have meaning behind everything you do. Yeah, not an autopilot. Of course. Now, in terms of kind of practical strategies, though, how do you keep, how do you manage your time and keep track of everything? Do you have any certain time management techniques or, or maybe time management metaphors that could really kind of help uh, our listeners understand how they can manage their time better to therefore fit in, you know, self-care and fit in wellness habits into their daily lives? Sure. Um, interestingly enough, um, as I mentioned earlier before we actually started this uh, podcast, I did a presentation yesterday to, um, to Marriott and Ritz-Carlton new supervisors, and I basically gave them the same topic, basically maximizing their potential as leaders with daily habits. So basically, I, I showed them what I do for my personal self. So basically, I have a journal. So I journal on a da uh, daily basis. So for example, here, here's a few stuff I do each and every day. You ready? Let's, get, let's go for it. So for example, I wake up. Um, I go to bed uh, first and foremost at 8.30 p.m. So my alarm comes. I set my alarm for 8.30 p.m. at night. And it says, I have a, a, a motivational alarm that comes on at 8.30 p.m. says, purpose to sleep. So it focuses me to get um, sleep early for my purpose. And then I wake up in the morning around 5.45. So I get a minimum of seven hours sleep. Right. And the first question I asked myself in my journal, number one, what time did I wake up? So this morning I woke up 5.54 a.m. And I asked myself, how do I feel in my journal? Number two, I say a prayer and I do an affirmation for myself, for my goals and my purpose and for the day. Number three, um, I read a Bible verse and I do a takeaway from that Bible verse. Um, I also do skill building. So for example, what book, what podcast, what video will I, will, I, will I be watching in the morning to maximize my skills, my talents, my abilities? That's skill building. The next one, number four, is family leadership and takeaway. So because I'm a husband and a father, I have to build those skills as well. So I have to read a book, listen to a podcast, or watch a video to build up my knowledge and abilities as a father and as a husband. Next, I do meditation, five to ten minutes on my purpose. From there, exercise. And then um, throughout the day, I track myself, I tell myself I have to have three nutrient-dense meals per day. And then um, from there, I ask myself this question, what task will I do today that will mostly impact my team and my clients? And I write that down, that what a task will be. So I'm productive, not busy. It sounds then, like what you just mentioned was, that was your big domino. Yeah. So what task will I do, will I do today will maximize uh, my client's results, my team results, and rewards and benefits. Basically, return on the investment of your time. Right? And then the last one, I make sure I only go on social media in the morning, lunch, and at night. For example, a lot of people in time management is going through the social media feed and emails all throughout the day, and they're losing an hour or two minimum just scrolling through, see what everyone else is doing, but I'm maximizing their time. So I have to manage my time with that as well. So that's my ritual for the day. 
Alton, yep. I think it's it's phenomenal how before we even bring up the topic of exercise or fitness or health or wealth, before we even we even think about that in the day, first, right away when you wake up, first and foremost, it's this topic of journaling, affirmation, yep. skill building, before we even touch exercise and wellness and whatnot. So do you think when we, before we talk about a healthy lifestyle, we almost have, a, have to have a healthy mindset and healthy habits, and then the healthy lifestyle comes after that? Yeah, I totally agree. Fantastic. Also, have you heard of that, that, uh, that saying or that example of how if you have a, a bucket and you have big rocks, uh, middle-sized rocks, and sand, if you try to fit those in the bucket, um, how it goes is that there's there's two buckets and you have two buckets and you have three materials you have the big rocks the the middle sized rocks and the sand and if the, on the first bucket if you first put in the sand in the bucket and then you put in the middle sized rocks and then you put in the larger sized rocks all of those different type sizes of rocks won't fit in the bucket but in that second bucket if you first put in the big rocks and then the middle-sized rocks, and then the sand, then everything will fit in the bucket. So by hearing what you mm. just said, it sounds like when you have that one big domino or that one big task that you know will maximize your day, you put that big yeah. rock in your bucket first, first and, then, yeah. and then everything else, the sand being you know the social media and all that stuff, you put that only at the end of the day. Exactly. Good that, point. Exactly. Uh, uh, fantastic. Now... Alton, so how do you how do you kind of take these these habits and this mindset into actually uh, moving your body and, and and structuring your workouts? Do you have any sort of common themes from from your morning routine to how you also structure your workouts and, and how to maximize your time with that? In terms of working out, correct. So, for example, like I said, so so time is very important, right? So instead of me um, getting ready. I'm jumping in the car and driving to the gym about 15 minutes away, working out, come back home. It takes about two hours, right? And I have a lot of things I want to accomplish in a day to stick towards my goal and my purpose. So I basically do some workouts at home. I do some um, body weight stuff, compound movements, and I, I jump in a pool. 15, 20 minutes, I maximize that. Um, burn as many calories as I possibly can. Going very, going high intensity for 20 minutes. Give it all I got, and that's it. And you find so even like, within the 20 minutes, you still find that you are, are doing good to your body? You still find that's enough time? Yeah. If, again, it all depends on the goal and the purpose. So, for example, if I'm doing 20 minutes hard and I eat and I eat three to four bad meals per day, then I'm doing myself a disservice, right? So, with my present regimen in my journal, as I mentioned before, one of my daily tasks is I have to eat three nutrient-dense meals. So because of that, no, I can't really mess with the salts. I can't mess with, um, with the alcohol. I can't mess with the sugars. I can't mess with, with certain um, ingredients that will hamper me from getting my three nutrient-dense meals in a day. And once I follow that, that game plan, my 20-minute exercise becomes important, becomes key. Okay. Now, even kind of taking a step back for a moment, you know, let's say if someone who's listening right now and they, they agree with everything you're saying and they want to start this idea of a journal, but 
are all journals created equal? Maybe how, how is your journal set up? Did you get your journal from somewhere specific? Does it matter the size of someone's journal? I know those might seem like uh, obvious questions, but you know I don't think it's, it's obvious necessarily to everyone, including someone like myself. So how do you recommend someone goes about that maybe the type of journal and can they use maybe a document on their computer instead, instead of a journal, if they like to keep track of stuff electronically? And that's a good question. I find everyone is different, right? So not everyone is a vanilla. Some people are a strawberry, some are chocolate. So basically everyone oh, is different, <laughs> right? So, so for example, so for me, a lot of people use their, their work calendar to remind them for meetings, appointments, and so forth, right? And, and that's fine. Um, but I find for me personally, I find when I, I write things down, I'm more accountable to it. And I feel more a person when I can write it down myself and, and keep track on it. So I just bought a regular, a regular um, journal book. And I basically start with reflection questions. So it's not, not no biggie type of journal. It's a regular journal. You put the data on the top. I also did some self-reflection questions for myself. So, um, so for example, I'll give you a few questions I asked myself in my reflection Please. before I actually do my, my daily journal, right? So self-reflection. So question number one, what do I need more of in my life? I have to answer that. Number two, what is going right in my life right now? Three, what is going wrong in my life? Four, list all my victories and successes up to this point. Five, what are my priorities? Six, what do I love about myself? Seven, what can, what can be improved of myself right now? Eight, what advice would I give myself at 18 years of age, knowing what, knowing what I know now? Nine, what are my strengths? Ten, what hobbies would I like to try? Eleven, what would I love to learn? Twelve, at the end of my life, what I want my legacy to be. This is the most important one for me. Um, what one thing I would do if I can't fail? So those questions are my 40 questions I ask myself. So I get to learn myself, self-reflection and assessment. Because most people, most people don't really know themselves, so they really know how far they can really stretch their abilities. So once you know yourself, you're more confident in who you are and what you can achieve. Yeah. You know, Alton, I've, I've learned a lot about you in, in this podcast so far. And I think one of the, the greatest things I've learned, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of all, all the listeners, is that you have this, this tremendous fire within you to, to follow your life purpose, to keep learning and whatnot. But how do you have that, that fire? Like, where, where does this desire to come from to keep on being a better version of yourself, to leave a legacy? Does that, would you say that's something that's innate to you? Were, were you always like that, even when you were, when you were four years old? How, how is this kind of internal fire to, to, to be the best Alton Williams you can be? Where does that come from? That's an interesting question. You know, um, instantly it reminds me when I was like um, 12 years old. Um, I grew up in a single parent home with my mom. And I, I was always told at a young age that I'll never amount to anything. I'll be worthless. Uh, um, I'm, I'm stupid. 
I also repeated second grade. So I was always told negative things. Oh, I'm not going to do this. You can't do this. You're short. I loved basketball back then, right? So I was, I was a national team as well. Oh, you're short. You're not going to make it. You're stupid. You repeated second grade. Just like your father. You're going to make it, make it in life. You're not going to find a good job. You come from the ghetto. So all those things, I remember going to my room when I was 12 years old, like I mentioned earlier. And I cried. I cried. And I said, I said to myself, I look in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them. Not only my friends were saying those things, but family were saying those things as well. And the family was the one that really hurt me. Right? Wow. So, I, like I said, I cried in the mirror. I said, you know what? When tears come to my eyes, I said, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them. And so, from that point, I strive to become, at that point, uh, a better basketball player, rather than sports, but nothing really personal development. I haven't heard of the term personal development until, you know what I mean, <laughs> like the last uh, seven years or so. So up to that point, I was trying to be better at a particular thing or a particular niche. And I was still, I was failing, failing, failing at sports, failing at relationships, failing at jobs, failing in my past business. I'm like, why am I, I want to do good, I want to do great, I want to get better, but why am I not getting better? I never had a formula. I never had a system, right? Mm-hmm. And, and based on, like I said, last seven years, I did some research. I said, I want to get better. I'm getting older. I'm feeling like I'm a failure, right? I'm comparing myself to others at my age. and like, come on, man, Alton, you got to do better, man. You want to have one chance in life. Um, and then I, I watch guys like, say, Tom Brady. Tom Brady was the 199th pick in the 2000 NFL draft. Did you know that? I knew that he was a, it was a late pick. I don't know the exact number, exact year, but I know I know that he was he was one of the one of the, the much later picks in the draft, which is an incredible yes, story. Exactly. So he was the 199th pick, scrawny dude out of Michigan, out of 254 players a year. He was the what the last and the last 70 players picked. And to this day, some consider him the greatest of all time. So I said, how did he come from that? that in a span of what few years he's an 18 year right now and he's still on top of his game how i researched him and he said he incorporated daily habits no alcohol no sugar read it read it to his kids every night um up his training go to bed at 8 30 p.m that's like what i start doing now like i mentioned before he also when he lost the 2016 super bowl he installed a clock in his gym to count down to count down to the next Super Bowl. So every time you wake up, the clock goes down. Every day, day one, day two, the time goes down. It keeps him focused, keeps him concentrated, keeps his mind right on the goal, on the task at hand, to be ready and prepared to dom- not just win, but to dominate the 2017 Super Bowl. In setting those habits in motion, what happened? He won the Super Bowl. Next, next one, Steve Jobs says, he, he wake up every day, look in the mirror and ask himself, if what I'm about, about to do today will make an impact and change the world, is that what I'm, what I'm going to do, to, um, do today? If it's no, I have more work to do. So he asks himself, if he's going to do a, make a life-changing decision or task today, he does it. 
if any task he's doing is not life-changing or make a big impact, he's not going to do it. He died in 2011. In 2018, many of us still have his Apple phone here today. What kind of phone do you have, Nathan? Apple iPhone. Exactly. So my question, like my question, like I say, I ask myself in my self-reflection, at the end of my life, what do I want my legacy to be? So Steve Jobs, 2011, he died. His legacy still lives on. On his podcast, you're using his phone. Because he asks himself each day in the mirror, if what I'm about to do will change and impact people's lives around the world, I'm going to do it. If the task at hand is not going to do that, I'm not going to do it. And to this day, people are lining up doors, malls, um, Best Buy for Apple phones. Every time. So, because of daily habits. And, and that's ext- extremely powerful, Alton. And so how do people like yourself, the, the Steve Jobs of the world, the Tom Brady's of the world, how do you even have the, enough confidence to be extremely uh, introspective and to look inside yourself and to ask these really powerful questions of what is going wrong in my life right now? Maybe uh, at some point, what are my weaknesses? Because I think when, when people ask themselves those questions you know, they might not necessarily like what, what the answers are. So how do you kind of have the confidence to, to ask yourself those questions and then act on those answers that happen to actually be what, what your weaknesses are? How do, you, how do you have confidence to overcome that? Um, that's a good point. So, for example, like I said before, I was always told that I was a failure, not being, uh, being nothing in life, right? So that pain, that pain of, of hearing those words, in, in that pain of just constantly failing and not exceeding my own expectation. In watching watching guys like, for example, like LeBron James. LeBron James stated last month, early last month, it was in the media, he invested $2 million a year on his body. Everyone's like, wow. And, but then if you follow basketball, he came in the NBA 2003. Dwayne Wade came in 2003 as well. And Carmelo Anthony. And if you look on, on, on all three of these players of this year, right now, Dwayne Wade is about to retire. He is his lowest statistical categories across the board his whole career. He's at the age right now. His body's worn down. Carmelo Anthony, the same result. Their points per game, their assists, their rebounds is all down. The lowest it has ever been in their whole career in year 15. LeBron is averaging the same points, more rebounds, more assists in year 15, and is still considered the number one player in the NBA today. How? He invested $2 million a year in his development. So me experiencing, so basically I say that to say this, I experience all those pains and agony. And say, how can I, how can I improve? How can I improve? When I look at people like LeBron as an example, I say, wow, okay, that's what I need to do then. I need to do a lot of self-reflection. I need to invest more into myself. I need to ask the hard questions. Because if I don't, I'm going to be like the, the Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade in year 5, year 10, or year 15. I want to be like the LeBron James in year 15 and still be at the top of my game from year 1 to year 15 and beyond. So that drive to want to be the best each and every day, each and every minute, each and every second is what really drives me to ask those, those questions. Wow. Okay. So the, the, the 
the mental strength comes long before the physical strength. Definitely. Okay. What Definitely. about when you're when you're when you're training individuals and whatnot? Can you almost tell when you're training someone physically, kind of who who has already developed the mental strength and who who has not, and who's kind of been introspective and asked themselves these questions, and who who has not? Does does someone who doesn't have the mental strength does that manifest when they're training physically? Yeah, because you 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 have to have confidence and belief in yourself. Um, it's not just about your physical abilities. It's about you know your your mindset, um, your emotional intelligence. I mean, how you carry yourself. Um, communication is mostly about seventy eighty percent body language. So you have to believe in yourself. You have to have confidence. So for example, a lot of players in sports, they don't have the the physical prowess. Like for example, Tom Brady. It's not the biggest biceps, the biggest quads, the biggest chest, or the biggest lats on his back. But he has confidence and he believes in himself. So mentally, he has it. And that would, that would um, complement if you want to have a few physical abilities. So mental, mental, like I say, is number one. Mental and emotional. Okay. You know, it's funny how it makes sense when when someone says it, but you don't always you don't always think of that just just on your own, right? Yeah. Um, now, Alton, how about you know? So far in this in this podcast episode, we we've talked a, a tremendous amount about habits, about time management, about um, being efficient and maximizing our time. But if we were to kind of transition now to the the physical training and, and to the workouts and to the nutrition. Are there any kind of tips and tricks if someone is about to grab lunch right now? What are some kind of nutrient-dense options they can go for? Or what if they are in their house right now, they have uh, a few minutes until their lunch break is over, and they want to get kind of a quick workout in, but they don't have any workout equipment? Are there any kind of, like I said, nutrient-dense options that you recommend or really time-efficient movements that you recommend that people can act on? Um, yeah, so for example, so a quick meal for me, like when I'm home, I'll, I'll grab, I'll grab a, um, a phage 100% Greek yogurt. Um, I'll cut some banana up. I'll use a post great grains cereal, all whole grain cereal, pour that in, put in some blueberries, put in some strawberries. So it's a very full nutrient dense meal that I have, I have my fruits, I have my greens, I have my um, my fiber, I have my protein, all in one. Didn't touch any stove. Just put in a put in a bowl. Good to go. In terms of exercise, be short on time. Like I said, what I do, I like exercise at home, and I go in the pool. But not everyone has a pool, right? So what you could do, I do a few plyometrics. So for example, burpees is a compound movement. What a compound movement is, you're working more than one muscle group, as opposed to just standing up doing a bicep curl only working the bicep. So if you're short on time, you want to maximize most muscle groups, do compound exercises like a, a burpee or like a, um, um, what do they do? Um, jumping lunges, right? Um, so those two exercises are very good compound uh, movements and those two exercises will, will make you win it in a matter of seconds. So I recommend um, those two. Um, yeah. 
fantastic. What about even with with when you mentioned the burpees? I think sometimes you know someone might go online and they might see a, a YouTube video of how to do burpees in particular. But if you were to kind of you know orally kind of walk someone through safety tips with burpees and whatnot, kind of get a little bit more specific about the the technique of burpees. Uh, what would you say to them if they're saying, "Hey, Elton, how do I do a, a proper burpee?" Well, with burpee, um, you have different variations of it. So you have the beginner level, you have the advanced level. So, for example, so for for the beginner level, basically they'll go in a push-up position, and then they'll jump in, their knees to their chest, stand up, and put their hands over their head. That's kind of the beginner version. The advanced version, you're going to push up position. You'll go, you'll go to your chest to the ground, push back up in a push up position, hop your knees to your chest, and jump up as high as you can and repeat. Fantastic. Okay. I, yeah. I think that could really provide uh, a kind of valuable insight for people because, as you know, there's, there's always a, a right way and a wrong way to do these certain exercise techniques and so it's 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 vital to to have that proper form in order to minimize any risk for for injury um also one of the one of the final questions as we kind of wrap up right now is that you know when you look at when we kind of sum everything up again right now when you look at time management and priorities and daily habits of course there's there's all these different tools someone can try and not everything works for for everyone so are there any kind of time management techniques or, or ways of maximizing your time that you've tried that haven't worked? Maybe it was um, reading certain types of books or having a certain item in your bedroom that you find was too much of a distraction. Was there anything you tried and found that it, it did not work for you but could work for someone else? It's just that you don't necessarily you do it or use it yourself. I like that question. So, for example, I tried a few things. Um, for one, everyone is going towards apps nowadays. Oh, there's an app for this, an app for that. Hey, it's a time management um, app here. Uh, that didn't work. That didn't work for me. Like I said, I find the best way I could write things down. It's more traditional. And if you're going to use the app again, you're still stuck to technology. And most people nowadays are realizing that technology is kind of making them waste time. They're not, they're not really productive. And when you're on your phone, what's going to happen? You're going to scroll through social media. You're going to scroll through emails at the same time while in this so-called productivity or time-saving app or technology or software. So to maximize your time, I think it's best to go old school. That's what the Einsteins did. That's what those people back in the day and they did. And they, they did pretty well. Yes. So, yeah, I find us just writing, writing things down in a natural book save me a great amount of time and I'm very productive as opposed to scrolling through my phone, going through the so-called app, going through the software. In the meantime, I'm going to scroll through social media and check my emails at the same time. Uh, not too productive. Sounds good in theory, but not practical. Of course. And, and practicality is everything, right? That's what, that's what leads to the, to the tangible actions and the real results. Uh, yeah. Alton, the, the final question we'll, we'll ask on, on this podcast here is, when we try to relate, you know, health and wellness to, to a family life and whatnot, how is a healthy lifestyle, healthy habits, a strong mindset, how has that contribute to how has that contributed to your family life? 
and that's a, that's something people really focus on. When I think people think about time management, um, efficiency, productivity, all are really focus on career, career, job, right? But then what about your family? You wake up to your family each and every day. You have kids, you have a spouse, partner, or whatever, right? Uh, that's why when you hear me do my, my routine, I incorporate me becoming a better father and husband. Um, in terms of reading a book, watching a video, or listening to a podcast um, like yourself, and how I become better for them as well, but that's for my career, right? And because right now my family don't live with me, they're in the, they're in the States. So one of my, um, let, me, let me gloss it here. Number, number eight. Number eight for me is I have to call my wife and son and, do a, and say a prayer, an affirmation for them. Because my son is going to school, so I want to make sure he go to school confident and ready for whatever dart comes his way, if any comes his way. Make sure he's, he's confident, he's strong, he's courageous. And to make him know that he's the leader of the home in my absence over there in America. So, yeah. Alton. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you you speak very very uh, uh, passionately and, and, and genuinely, and uh, I think for for everyone, including myself, um, it's, it's extremely uh, nice to hear and whatnot. And I'm glad on, on this podcast episode, you really also highlighted the individuals like Tom Brady, like Steve Jobs, because it's interesting for whatever reason you hear about the success of these individuals, you hear about almost what what happens at the at the top of the iceberg. But that that bottom two thirds of the iceberg, all that hard work and that mindset that goes into it, mm-hmm. you typically don't hear about that when you, when you hear highlights from these individuals or you see these individuals on the latest yeah, yeah. sports channels or the latest uh, you know videos showing the latest iPhone product. You don't hear what happens behind the scenes and all the the strong mindset and, and habits that have kind of gone into it. So I think you you really explain that beautifully for our listeners. And and you've also laid out a lot of practical tips and suggestions into how someone can manage their time more efficiently. Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome, Alton. That's Thank- contri- to contribute, man. Huh? Of course. I, th- I think we maximize our time on this podcast. Would you say not? <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there you have it, Zest Walnuts listeners. That was our interview with Alton Williams. Boy, oh boy, that was a... a- very um, fantastic interview from Alton. He gave a number of, of practical tips, shared some personal stories, and really highlighted to us what it means to have a healthy lifestyle beyond just that of, of someone's physical image, but how to have a life, healthy lifestyle to maximize our life purpose and to be the best version of ourselves for both our friends, family, and even community.